We um, are almost at Christmas, almost there, and today is our last Sunday of Advent, our fourth Sunday, where we've looked at those four big themes of hope, peace, joy, and today is love, and we've been doing that uh, through this series called The Heart of Christmas, and I know that each of you are preparing to celebrate uh, in different ways, whether you celebrate on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or you do some traveling. Um, I know Rebecca and I will be traveling to Colorado to be with her family. Uh, we travel on Christmas Day and get to be there for a few, so that's, that's a great experience. And I know all of you are going to have different traditions and different foods that you're going to eat, and uh, some of you might even be preparing already, or you're, you're focused on last-minute gifts or wrapping or all those types of things that go into the whole Christmas experience. But I want to prepare you this morning for something that might happen this weekend. You might receive a gift that requires you to keep your face in check. A gift that you weren't expecting a gift that you're not even sure what it is, or a gift that you don't even like. And you're going to have to keep your face in check. So you go home, look in the mirror, and practice your poker face first. Because who doesn't need a Dwayne Johnson Roctopus fidget spinner? Or a Nicolas Cage on a wooden spoon Christmas gift, or you could have a hundred other dumb or unusual gifts, and you might receive something like this this weekend. And when you do, you are going to have to be enthusiastic with your response. Here are some phrases that you might be able to use. You can use them free of charge so you don't hurt someone's feelings or seem ungrateful. Your poker face, that's on you. But I'm going to give you a couple of phrases that you might need to pull out this weekend. Well, 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 now that's a gift. Thank you so much. No, really, I did not know they had Chia Pet ties. I'm amazed. You know, I always wanted to try out one of these. And then you could study the gift, you could read the instructions, you could show a lot of interest. Here's another one. You know what? I can't wait to find a special place for this. That's one of my favorites. Here's another one of my favorites. You don't see craftsmanship like that much anymore. Check it out, everyone. A marble-handled potato peeler. They don't make them like they used to. Number three, what an interesting gift. Is there a story behind it? That might be a useful one. What? It was the last one? I'm so glad that you snapped it up for me. And then last, you shouldn't have. No, no, you really shouldn't have. And maybe you've got other phrases that you will need to pull out a few times during this weekend. If anyone gives me one of those Nicolas Cage wooden spoons, I don't know, though. I might have trouble with that. 
So there you go. Now you're armed with a little Christmas gift gratitude prepared for whatever comes your way, even if it causes you to open it and you just look at this gift and you just do the blinking repeatedly thing. Oh my goodness, what is this? Friends, today, however, let's speak about the gift that you don't have to rehearse a response for. We've already looked at hope, peace, and joy. Today we focus on love, that gift that holds it all together. At the very heart of Christmas is the great love of God. It's a gift meant for and offered to each and every one of us. The love of God is the greatest gift ever given to us. It's seen most fully when God sent his son to be born here on earth. You never have to rehearse that response. All you need to do is receive it. For this is a gift that meets our greatest needs. It is a gift you cannot buy. It is a gift that is timeless because the grace of God is never ending. This is the gift that was long awaited and hoped for by people who were alive when Jesus was born. And it is hoped for and awaited for by people all throughout human history. This gift is a sign that God had not abandoned his people or forgot them. And at the moment when all hope seemed lost, God's gift came at the right time. It came right on time. Some people wondered why God was waiting so long, but God's gift came right on time. Have you ever received a gift like that where it came at just the right moment that you needed it? Maybe it was a card or a text, and you're like, wow, the timing of this couldn't be better. I needed this. I needed to hear this. I needed to see this person this particular week. Maybe it was because of something you were going through, or maybe it was because of a certain need that you had. It was as if the giver knew just what your heart wanted and needed at that moment. The book of Galatians reminds us of the timing of Christmas. If you have a Bible, I'm going to be in Galatians 4, just a couple of verses. Galatians 4, 4, and 5. This is the timing of Christmas. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption as children. This is the perfect timing of God's plan what we call Christmas. From the moment humanity turned away from God, all the way back in the Garden of Eden when we tried to go it our own way, we turned away and rejected God, cracks began to form within and around all of creation. Signs began to point to a growing brokenness in the world, and sometimes we forget, however, that at the very same moment that that happened, when everything seemed doomed to failure, God began to carry out his plan to restore and mend back together all that was broken. It was actually his plan from the very beginning because he knew what we would do. The whole rest of the Bible, the whole rest of the biblical story is the revelation of God's divine plan. 
his divine work and faithfulness to reverse the effects of everything that we did. Humanity did. All of our sin and our rejection. Here in Galatians, the Apostle Paul who wrote this letter to that small house church in Galatia, he reminds the people that when Jesus was born to Mary, it says the fullness of time had come. The fullness of time had come. That that was the exact moment when everything was coming together and being completed at the birth of Jesus. It was just the right moment to send his son to earth to be present with us. I heard a story recently of a lady and her husband who lived in Texas and they've lived there for a long time. And she shared a story about how um, she had one little way that she showed her husband that she loved him. One little act that she would do to remind him, especially on hard days, that he wasn't alone. Here's a little bit of her story. She said, Cliff and I have been married for over 40 years. We both have routines. And one thing I've always done for him is make a lunch. I make him a lunch to take to work at the construction company he worked for. But every now and then, I would join him on the job site, and we'd have lunch together. Once on a particularly hard day, he told me that lunch tasted better when you get to share it with someone you love. Sort of like when you eat a sandwich that someone else has made. Doesn't it just taste better? While fixing his sandwich, a few evenings later, I remembered what he said. So I took a bite out of it before packing it away. And when he got home that day, he told me, you won't believe it, but someone took a bite out of my sandwich. And that's when I told him that since I couldn't join him for lunch that day, I took a bite so that he always knew that I was joining him. I continue to do this frequently, unless it's tuna or pimento cheese, not my favorites. And he still says when he gets home, saw you join me for lunch today, and I sure enjoyed it. This lady wanted him to know that she wasn't just thinking about him, she actually wanted to join him in his experience, the routine of his daily job. No matter how hard the job was, she still was trying to find a way to be present with him. What is perhaps most amazing is that when Jesus came, he came at just the right time to meet us, to be present with us right here as we are. Flaws and all. Jesus understands our experience and because he was present with us, living and dwelling, as we talked about last week, he dwelled with people. Remember, he pitched his tent is how we describe that. He knew what we needed most to be made right with God again. To be made right with God again. Jesus knew we needed that so much and that through this act of redeeming us, we would be able to be loved and cared for by God in a way that had never happened before. A relationship where God would be fully present with us joining with us no matter how difficult the day might be or how dark the night might seem. God with us 
all the time. Now that was easy for people to conceptualize when Jesus was actually with them. But just as we know and we read in the Bible, when he prepared to return to heaven, and even before that, when he was preparing his disciples that he was going to die, they started to get worried. What are we going to do without him? And that's when he started to promise something. He said, I'm still going to be with you. In fact, I'm, I'm going to leave a deposit with you, the gift of the Holy Spirit. My presence here with you all the time to lead you and guide you to be with you on this walk, this human life that you're on. To be loved and cared for by God. When we read those verses in Galatians, we actually come to realize that because we are loved and cared for by God, we know this because it says we are actually adopted into God's family. And in one sense, I would like to call it, we are loved into God's family. That when God calls you one of his children, when you say yes to him, and he calls you a child, he adopts you in by the power of his love. You are loved into God's family. That's why sometimes we talk about the people of God as a family of faith. Galatians 4 explains that the full expression of God's love is shown through this adoption into his family. We become children of God and brothers and sisters in Christ, given all the benefits and rights of being called family by God. One Christian writer said this about the incredible expression of love that came at Christmas time. Adoption is the highest privilege that the good news offers. To be made right with God is a great thing, but to be loved and cared for by God is even greater. Your adoption is one of the greatest gifts that you can receive, adopted into the love of God. Now, Galatians isn't the only area where it sort of gives little hints of what was going on when Jesus was born at Christmas time. The book of Ephesians describes it in even more detail how God planned this from the very beginning. And I actually like how um, one of the Bible translations, the message, puts it. So I want to read it in the message version. Ephesians 1, 4 through 6. It says, Long before he laid down the foundation, earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. It's almost like when you have a plan that you know and nobody else knows and you're kind of excited to see how it's going to play out. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. And then it continues a few verses later down in verse 11, Ephesians 1. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, that you found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered. It's not just a song. 
by the Holy Spirit. And all of this is only made possible by the arrival of Jesus at just the right time to demonstrate God's amazing love for us. So as you think about this love, and you can look at other, there's plenty of other Bible verses that talk about the love of God. You know, maybe you're thinking of 1 Corinthians 13 or other verses and chapters that talk about love. What do we do with this gift of love? Or perhaps, where do we go from here? At perhaps the simplest level, the only thing or our only appropriate response, our first response is simply to receive it. Because love freely received is love freely given. When we draw near to the love that we have freely received, we become more able to show that kind of love, to give that kind of love that we have been given. We know that as babies, one of, uh, we're born trying to express our needs and our wants. And sometimes we do it very successfully and other times not so much and it devolves into crying and screaming and everything else. One of those first skills we learn is to cry so that we can receive something. And as we grow, sometimes we still cry to do the same things, but we also learn additional things like how to mimic or imitate. You see that often in a lot of small children. And eventually we come to reflect what we have received and what we learn through our experience. When we receive and experience the grace and peace of God, it becomes easier to offer that same gift to the people around you. In the love that you've received from God, you have all that you need to be able to offer that love to the people around you or the people that God specifically puts in your path this week or this weekend. When we receive and experience the compassion of God, it becomes easier to offer and express that to those around you as well. When we recognize and remember the kind of love that God has for us, it becomes the way in which we see and treat the people around us. When we don't do that, is usually because we've forgotten all that we have received from God in that particular moment. Sometimes we we call it, we see red, and we forget what we have already received. Yes, love is at the very heart of Christmas, my friends, because God sent love down to earth to be with us and remain with us forever. Amen. It's an amazing thing. No other God, little g, in human history has ever done something like that. Only the Lord God Almighty has done that. Now, whether the gifts you receive this week or later this weekend are what you hoped for or not, whether it's a wooden spoon or a Dwayne Johnson octopus fidget spinner, I don't know, what, what, maybe it's something other crazy. Christmas cactus, okay. Chia pet cactus, do you know they've got chia pets for your pet as well that you can put over your pet? You know, they can walk around like a chia pet. Yeah, that was, I chose not to use a picture of that. 
whether the gifts you receive are what you hoped for or not. Remember that the arrival of Jesus is the ultimate gift of God. You didn't have to do anything for it. Freely receive it. Receive that gift of love, whether it's your first time or your 40th time or your 80th or 90th time. And as you do, may God multiply that love in your heart, allowing you to give that same gift to the people around you. That might be the best gift you can give this Christmas to the people in your life. For love is a gift that will endure. It is the heart of Christmas. Friends, let's pray. Not just friends, family. God, we thank you. We thank you for this amazing gift of love. The love that you showed to us even from the beginning of the world. And that even when we turned away from you, you continued to carry out your plan to draw us back. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. I pray that in this week and in the celebrations ahead, that you might grow your love in us and make it even stronger, allowing us to share that gift of love outwards. God, I pray for each person here that you bless them in this week. Allow them to be the people that you know they are and have created them to be. We offer this prayer in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the church said, Amen.